0: Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by G.H. Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet.
1: Hey everybody,
0: it's Mike with BeastNet here and I've got Ryan Paul- uh I just said it wrong just after he told me how to say it, Ryan Poland with me and
1: um, how you doing? I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm excited to be doing this so um. I uh, want to share, you know, what I've been going through and what I've been doing. Questions that you might have, and hopefully, you know, some of you find some kind of inspiration from what I say. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Right on. I know.
0: I've met you a couple times. I met you, and the first time I actually really met you was at the terrain race in Olympia. That was this year, yeah. You, when I think you took second. Oh uh, yeah. Or were you?
1: <laughs> I have milk. I haven't been able to close at first at terrain race yet, but I'll get there. This is this is my year for sure.
0: Yeah, and that was a good one. I mean, it was one of those ones that you weren't – and it wasn't second by much. So, I mean, it was – you were right there behind him. So, um, speaking of that, I know – tell us a little bit about you. Like I said, I met you the one time, but, you know, I haven't had a chance to really sit down and talk to you till now. So, tell us, tell us a little bit about you, where you come from, why you do this, and all that fun stuff.
1: Okay. Um, so, I grew up a little bit in Florida, a little bit in Colorado, a little bit in uh, in Bellingham, Washington. So, I've, I've been all over, um, was in the military for eight years, and then my last station was up here. So, that's what I'm doing up here. And uh, while I was stationed in Virginia, uh, these two guys had went and ran a Spartan race at the Virginia location. And they had came back and they had told me that it was the hardest thing they would ever done. And uh, I sounded pretty interested, but they told me, you know, it's too hard. Like you wouldn't be able to do it. Um, and that was, <laughs> that was a mistake. Number one, once somebody tells yeah. me I can't do something, then I'm, I'm kind of set on, okay, well uh, watch this. So yeah. uh, watch I actually it. got, the, <laughs> I actually got the boat that, the, that I was stationed on. I actually got them to pay for it. And uh, oh. I had another guy. yeah. I had another guy that went with me and we went up there um, and it was, it was, it was pretty gnarly, pretty gnarly. It took us um, just under six hours to finish, and then, um, yeah, I'm not sure. Was what, that a beat? Uh, it, no, no, it was a sprint, um, and uh, I, I would like sprint ahead a little bit, and then uh, you know, wait for them to catch up. And then there was a there was a black diamond hill that we had to go up. I think it was like it was like a mile and a half, or it was something crazy, and it just seemed like an uphill forever. And we just both weren't prepared for that kind of elevation. <laughs> yeah. And uh something clicked. I am not really sure what happened, but um uh, just being that that uncomfortable in a situation and be able to push past it um kind of kind of set something off in, in me and so I was pretty interested in doing that. I got stationed quickly after that in Virginia. Um I'm sorry, North Carolina I was uh I think Virginia. Uh, Northern Virginia, and I was stationed there for my school that I was at, and then got pushed over to uh, Portland, where I raced the Portland race, and then after that, I was addicted, and uh, I started competing, um, you know, with, within the elite heats, really trying to trying to push my way up. I think last year was the first year, so I'm just about uh, two years into it, but nice. uh, that's where it all that's where it all started. <laughs> and see, that's
0: one thing I I love to hear is it. it's like. Most people I know that did it, like, their first race killed them, and it was one of those that most people would be like, okay, this is dumb. I ain't doing it again, and (laughs) as they keep doing it, it's like, well, this thing killed me. What do I have to do to make it so it doesn't hurt so bad, and I can keep doing this?
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, there are some people that say, yeah, that was absolutely way too hard, but then... Um, there's other, you know, there's other people, I think, the majority of other people when they do try it, even if they're just going out there, going out there to have fun, I think that they hit a point, even if they're messing around and playing around or not, that they feel uncomfortable. And, um, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, whether you want to admit that or not, uh, you're competing, no matter if you're in the open heat age group, in the elite heat, you're competing against yourself, push yourself a little bit harder. Um, you know, you yeah. may be having fun, but you're definitely – it's not. I mean, none of them are easy. So um, I think it's really cool to see people go out there and, and push past their comfort zone and just realize, you know, that everyone is so much stronger than they think they are. And I think that's a really cool thing to to watch in people's faces and like um, finish across the finish line with a huge smile on their face. It's really awesome. And it is. I mean, I've seen that doing races quite a bit because I'm I'm a little
0: slower, so I get to see the the end, the, the people at the end that are the ones that didn't think they could do it, the ones that right. did it even though they didn't think they could do it, and pushed through it and did it anyway. So, and those, that that's awesome to see.
1: I think those are some of the the most fun people to watch too, just because they have so much enjoyment out of it. You know, sometimes I just get lost in the competition and I come across, um, you know, whatever place I'm in and just am frustrated and I forget to look at how amazing the race was or how grateful I should be that I can even race. Um, you know, how grateful I am for the people around me and, you know, everyone who's put so much effort into, you know, creating the race. And I think the people who go out there to have fun and, and can push themselves and still be able to cross the finish line, look back and be like, holy crap, that was awesome. Those are the most fun people to watch for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a blast. And um, so you, you kind of said what got you into it. What, what motivates you to keep – to keep getting addicts. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty in shape guy. And like I said, I know you did second at Terrain. Um, I don't know what places you've gotten in the Spartans, Um, but I know you did good enough to go to, to the world championships for OCR, correct? Yeah. um,
1: I was over in London for that. That was really, really hard. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think honestly, I hate to sound cliche, but, um, my kids motivate me a lot just because I feel like I didn't really have a lot of parental guidance growing up, and so I was um, I was just not in a good place uh, growing up. And so I just want my kids to be able to realize that, you know, if they put in hard work or, or you know, want to do something and they really put their mind to it, they can do it. And, you know, whether that comes to running for class president or running a race or, making the best science project and i don't know i I just want them to see me and see that i'm doing everything i can and working hard and um i will get up on that podium for a Spartan race for sure and it's going to happen this year so i want them to be able to just see how hard it works and that they can achieve you know whatever they want it might take a while but they're they can do it and so i i think that's very important to me and that's good i mean that's i know
0: how that is um it's one thing some people that, like, listen to the podcast may know this, that I grew up the youngest of six kids, and Ooh. being the youngest of six kids, yeah, my parents were nuts. Um, <laughs> but being the youngest, you, there was such a huge, like, age gap, and my dad was so much older than everybody else's dad, and it sounds horrible, but I missed out on a lot of those father-son things that a lot of my friends got to do. Um yeah. my dad literally retired at sixty two when I was sixteen. Wow. I got social security. My dad is actually older than my wife's grandfather. So what? It, it's Yeah. That's great. My dad's old and my wife's uh she's four months older than me. And my dad's actually older than her grandfather. Wow.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: So it it made it really interesting and for me when I decided to have kids, I wanted them earlier because I wanted to be able to have that joy of doing stuff with them where like right. I didn't get to go I didn't go camping I mean occasionally we'd go camping but it was always in a the trailer there was no tent my dad's like no I'm too old for that you know we never went fishing we never did any of that stuff that like all my friends got to do I remember the first thing I remember really doing with my dad outside was golfing with I him was, when I was like <laughs> 19. so yeah it's you just it was and golfing? I didn't want that yeah, when I was nineteen. That's okay. like the first thing I could really remember doing, like me and him doing together that wasn't sitting on at home on the couch watching T V.
1: Yes. And Before that's real to have that interaction.
0: Yeah, and that's why it it was so good and the greatest thing for me was actually being able to do my first Spartan with my kid. You know, Betton, my son did a full trifecta this year
1: because he's oh, sixteen. Really? So
0: yeah, so I know yours are a little young for that, but I mean that's something to look forward to. Is that first time you get to cross the finish line and see your kid with all three medals, and that that was pretty cool. So,
1: yeah, I can only imagine. I've tried to ask them to, to do it, but they're both not, they're not into it. I don't think. I mean, at least right now. So, and I'm okay with that, just as long as you know they're yeah. okay with doing something. So.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing with kids. I mean, I've seen way too many parents that push their kids into something because they like it. Um, You know, like my youngest, he didn't play baseball. He played baseball for one season because, you know, he tried it. He didn't really like it, and that was my sport. But it's like, okay, cool. If you don't like it, then you don't have to do it. He tried soccer right. some of the others, and he just – they weren't for him. So it's like, you know, you, you, want, you force a kid into a sport, they're going to hate it. So I just never did that. So – and it's cool that, you know, you give your kids a chance to just, hey, do, do something, but I'm not going to make you do what I do. So, right. yeah.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna force them how to old, do something, it, please force them to do something to make you some money. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, how old are your kids? My son just turned four. My daughter's about to turn seven. So wow. I'm trying to get my daughter to do it, but she, uh, she's not there yet. We'll see. Maybe one day.
0: You never know, because I mean, actually, that's what's funny is that out of my out of my kids, because I had four. My daughter okay. is the, was the only athletic one. She was the one, like, she played, yeah, she played baseball and softball until she was, you know, in high school and did all that kind of stuff. She was the athletic one. She won't do a Spartan race. She did do one mud run, but she wouldn't go in the mud. So she's, like, the ultimate girly girl until you put catcher's gear on her, and then all of a sudden it's all, you know, she's all business. But other than that, she's a complete girly girl. But, But she was the only real athlete. All the other kids were like, yeah, nope, I don't want to do that. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm not sure why my kids don't want to do it either because, you know, as a as a parent, you think the one thing that you should be okay with is your kids playing in mud. That's just kids, mud, they go hand in hand, and I hate it. I hate when they play in the mud. Do you think they want to go out there and get as dirty as possible?
0: You would think, but, I mean, it's one of those things, too. It really depends. I mean, cause I've seen a lot of the kids. Uh, I know Adam's taking his kid to a few, and the very first one you see, I mean, like the second the mud touched him, I, I think he was crying. But now he's uh-huh. like all for him. So it's kind of, I think it's just getting them past that first time and seeing what they do. You know, so it's kind of one of those, I think once they do it once, they, they might change their mind and decide they like it. But you never know. Hopefully. So. <laughs> hopefully. So you mentioned London. What what was the OCR World Champions like? Kind of give me an idea of what it was like for you.
1: Um. Man, I I focus I tend to focus a lot on grip strength just because um, I feel like that's where I can make up you know a lot of time. I have never been a, a long distance runner, and um, before I started competing last year, my my form was terrible, and so running is not where uh, you know I'm, it's not where I'm going to win a race. So um, luckily for me, I've always been stronger at the um, strength obstacles and the grip obstacles, and so. Um, on Saturday, it was 9.3 miles, I think, and it was a hundred obstacles and it was intense. That was, that was extremely hard. And towards the end, your, your forearms were absolutely screaming. And so, um, you know, that was the hardest I've ever pushed in a race. And I mean, if there's ever a time where you need to talk to yourself and, and tell yourself that there's not a chance in hell that you're going to stop, that's where that and so, um, I had to do that, do that constantly throughout the race. Uh, but it was it was also, on the other hand, the most fun I've ever had racing. It was, it was awesome. I ended up coming in 51st, I think, 51st in, in the in the in the pro heat, I guess. Wow, so,
0: yeah, that's, I mean, that's little, pretty good. I mean, it had a, out of how many people?
1: Uh, God, I don't remember. I think there was like uh, maybe like just under 300 people, to 70 or something like that. Um the 30, oh, so, I mean, that's pretty
0: good. I mean fifty first out of two seventy, I mean that's good. I mean, you know, I, I was afraid I was gonna ask that question. You're gonna be like, There was fifty <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, two. <that'd> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. Oh, never mind, that was the wrong question. No, you know. Yeah, oh. i yeah. oh, go ahead, go ahead. say out of two seventy, I mean that's pretty good. That that's in the top thirty percent?
1: Yeah. Right and, around there? You know, like, I, I'm basing it off of um, my last couple of years in Tahoe where I was competing there, just specifically in the Spartan World Championships. So I think last year I came in at 163rd, um, so not at all where I wanted to be and I thought I was very prepared. Um, and so just having a lot of stuff going on this year, not training the way I wanted to and being able to come in at 51st and um, at Worlds was extremely uh I mean, made me extremely happy, so I know I can get there. I just gotta put my head down and really focus this year on uh, strengthening myself in running and uh, being able to strengthen myself in the transition from running to obstacles back to running again.
0: See, and I, and that's good. I mean, that's that's just really good. Is you're know, one of those ones that you see what the you see yeah. where your weaknesses are and you work on them. You yeah. know, and I mean, you look at it as like you said, you were 100th and something in the Spartan, you know, championships last year and only 51st. So it's like, okay, you're you're improving, which is good. I mean, that's – you look at it in a logical way. You're improving, you're doing better and everything else, you know, where a lot of people would beat themselves up for not getting, you know. I didn't win, and it's not always about winning. It's like the thing – and it sounds so cliche, but it's about being better than who, we, who you were yesterday. I completely agree. And – And that's what you're doing. I mean, you're you're getting better and doing better out there. I mean, you know, you're working at it. I mean, I know at the Portland, I think I missed you at the Portland Sprint, but didn't you get hurt out there
1: and you still kept going? Was it Portland? I thought you got hurt at one of them. Ryan, did I lose you? I think I lost him.
0: Ryan, where'd you go? I think you ran away. All right, we're gonna take a quick break until we can figure out what happened to Ryan.
1: Ryan? Oh, can you hear me? There you are. Oh, sorry. I actually hit the mute button. Like, where'd he go? <laughs> so, yeah. I was um, answering all your questions. you asked me, it's like, yeah, where are you?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I mean, it was in Portland. I mean, I heard from somebody else that you got hurt in Portland, but you were still going.
1: Yeah. And I had placed um, fifth in Portland, which was my ticket to World. And, um, they thought I had tore my bicep, but uh, we're still not sure what it is. But I'm, it's something below my elbow, and um, every time I do any kind of like grip obstacles, it flares up pretty bad. London was was pretty horrendous by Sunday. How how awful it hurt. But um, just gotta slowly figure that out. But um, you know, like it's, it's where where I was talking about. It. You just gotta be able to tell your tell your body to kind of shut the hell up. You know, your mind is stronger than your body is and so sometimes you just gotta be able to push Um, I probably need to be a little bit more cautious on how hard I'm pushing sometimes (laughs) Um, because I can injure myself but I guess I'll find out the hard way one way or another yeah and and that's kind of how it happens I know
0: one of my favorite things is always uh, uh, mind over matter if you don't mind it don't matter so um, (laughs) and I've done that because actually I did in Montana last year I tore my bicep and oh, really? it's not fun. Yeah. It was, I actually tore my bicep and a muscle in my pack. Um, trying to pull my, my, myself over a wall, like sideways. So, and it just, yeah, it was not pretty, but. Good Lord. But. What's that? said, good Lord. Yeah, it was not good. But I, and it, the worst part was, it was literally like in the first mile of the beast. And I'd you be know, I didn't enough. stop.
1: Oh, yeah, I finished that stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs> that's just how you guys all are. The Beast Group, you guys are all you guys are all nuts, man. <laughs> but I think that's what it's, it's one of, the, the, for me. As I'm getting older,
0: I, I'm more I'm more cautious before a race. Like that race was one of the first ones. Like the next day, I was supposed to the sprint, where I actually told myself, "No, you're not," because I, yeah. uh, you know, when I woke up in the morning, after doing the Beast. I mean, my right peck was twice the size of my left. And I'm like, yeah, there's a problem. And I told myself, I'm like, okay, you're hurt. You need to not do this. But my problem is once I get into a race, once I get across that start line, my mindset is pretty much I'm going to finish this race no matter what. And that's where I get myself in trouble. I've had, you know, a few injuries that were made worse because of the fact that I kept moving. But, yeah. I understand that. I mean, you just want to – once you start something, you just kind of want to finish. Yeah. I've only had one race that I DNF'd, and it was pretty much they forced me off the course. And that was in Hawaii and doing the beast, and I had my foot. My foot was in a boot, and I couldn't move quick enough, and I missed one of the time hacks by, like, 30 seconds.
1: Oh, and it pulled no. me off the
0: course, And I was pissed. And it was one of those things that I'm looking at, and he's looking at me going, look at how beat up you are. And I'm like, I started like this. I started with my foot in a boot, you know, I I want to keep going. And he's like, there's no way, dude. And they, they, they cut me or, you know, pulled me off the course. And I I was not happy, but it was a great learning experience. It's like, you know, Hey, I pushed myself and I pushed myself as far as I could, but seeing the next year, seeing what that second half of the beast would have been like, I would have been, I would have been hurting by the end of that. It would have been topped in that boot. So, yeah. And that was in Hawaii. Yeah. Which, if you get a chance to go there, that's a gorgeous course. But that beast is—it's—it's it's a beast.
1: That is definitely one uh, one race venue. I want to try to get get to this. Year. It's I know. A good one.
0: Yeah. I say a lot of people don't give it credit because they don't think about hills when they think of Hawaii. But I, I tell them go look at pictures of Oahu, on the North Shore, and look at the hills behind the beach. And you'll understand why that's a horrible... I mean, it's not horrible. That's a brutal course. I mean, those hills, especially 2016, it rained. And it turned into mudslides. And it was brutal. And trying to get up... Oh, it was horrible. I mean, it was one of those things, trying to get up the hills. I mean, you literally... There was no traction. It didn't matter what what shoe you had. You weren't getting traction because it was just pure mud trying to climb these hills. And it basically came down to you had to grab the trees and pull yourself up with your arms. Is that when you're like digging hills. your
1: fingernails into the ground?
0: Yes. It oh. was just, oh, it was brutal. And coming down the hills, I mean, literally, the only way safe way down was to sit on your butt and slide. And even then, it was, yeah, it was. But it was one of those things. It's like, oh, it's so brutal, but yet I will go back every year I can because Because <laughs> it, it tested me that hard. You know, I've done it, I've been there twice. I have not been able to get the full trifecta in a weekend because of my own issues. And except for this year, this year, the hurricane stopped me because they didn't have the race, but- <laughs> Oh, Christ. <laughs> that's my goal is I want that hurt. I want that uh, trifecta in a weekend. And it's, Hawaii's a tough one to do because that beast on the first day will take a lot out of you.
1: Is that happening this year? Did you get it this yes, year? Uh, August
0: 17th, I'm getting it. I'm getting it all three this year. So I'm going to yeah, go there, and it's the first year, like I said, I didn't get the beast because of my foot and my boot. I didn't move quick enough. The second year, I chose not to do the sprint after doing the beast and the super because I was just so tore up. And this year, I'm training hard, and I'm doing all three. So this, the beast, this year, I started. around.
1: Right?
0: Yeah, you do the beast it... on Saturday, and then you do the super and sprint on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is a
0: lot. And the nice part is the Super and the Sprint, the big, nasty, ugly hills are pretty much cut out. Those go away. The okay. big, the worst part, the brutal hills, that's the beast. And they are brutal.
1: I can only imagine. Hopefully and there's a bunch of us going here.
0: this year. Hopefully. I mean, there's a bunch of us going. I'm sure if you uh, talk to a few people on the beast page, they're trying to get a, a house, you know, and see if we can, you know, Me and my wife already have a condo because we know people, but (laughs) there might be, I know they might be working on a house to try and save on uh, getting a room for everybody. So check on the Beast page. I'm sure you can find And anyone who's listening. There's a bunch of people going to Hawaii, and I think they're looking at trying to find and get a Beast house going. It would be. It'd be fun to see you there. I think you'd do good. So they used to actually do the Beast on both days. You could do the beats on Saturday or Sunday, because that's how um, Sarah, is it Sarah? Yeah, Sarah Sarah, Knight. Yeah, Sarah Knight. She got all three in a day.
1: In one day?
0: Yeah. In 2016, in the time that it took me to do the super, she got all, because my foot wasn't a boot. uh, Give me credit there. But in the time it took me to do the super, she did all three. That is disgusting. That's so much. No. She's, a, oh, she's insane. She did that. She ended up, because she won the elite for the beast on uh, for women. She was the fastest woman by, I think, over an hour and a half. What? And, like, the in the second overall, there was one guy that was quicker than her, and she was second overall. And she, re- oh, yeah, what? the next woman, she beat her by, like, an hour and a half. It was some un- insane time. And then when that she finished, she was waiting. For, yeah, that was the beast. She was waiting for us, so she's like, well, they're not here yet, so I guess I'll just go out and do the super. So she went out and did the super, finished, and she's like, well, they're still not back. I guess I'll go do the spread." And when we came back, all of a sudden, she's standing there with all three medals, and we're like, what? Holy <laughs> crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's she's a beast. She's crazy. Is she yeah. still racing? Last year, I talked to her a little while back. Last year, she, she had a, some injuries that she had, and she was trying to come back this year from injury. So... I think next year, 2019 is going to be the year she really
1: comes back. Okay. Nice.
0: But she's she's good and she's quick. Yeah, you know I mean she's yeah.
1: So she's a, yeah.
0: Yeah, she's good. And then the other, a couple other things more about you, and then less about me and and and, and Sarah there. So, <laughs> what plans do you have for this year? I know you said you're you're going to podium, and I can't wait to see that. You're going to podium a Spartan. What what other plans do you got?
1: Um, gosh, I know I was talking with a couple other guys about possibly going more towards the East Coast and trying to race a little bit there. Um, I'm going to be doing, I think, all I think there's five, five terrain races that are here in um, the Northwest. I'll be, I think I'm going to be doing all five of those. There's one in Seattle, Olympia, I think there's two in Portland maybe. I think there's one in Sherwood. I'm not sure what the other one is. I think there's There's either four or five. I'm going to try to get all of those. And uh, I'm not sure. I uh, ran a tough mudder this year, and it was the first one. um, And it was the tough, I think it was the Tougher Mudder Championships. And Mm -hmm. uh, I never ran one before. I didn't know it was going to be that type of race. I thought it was just, you know, like one of those local Spartan races. um, And I fell in love with it. So I'm going to try to hit the tough mudders a lot this year and kind of see where I place there. Um, I'd love to. To between both those, I think I would do better in the Tough Mudder just because you have to uh, have mandatory obstacle completion. So I think that would bring yeah. people who are faster than me back a little bit. But I'm curious to see how I kind of plan that out this year. Yeah, so that's one thing that I've been because I've watched some of the Spartan
0: racers and stuff, and I've wondered a few times how some of those faster guys would do if they had to actually finish, actually do the obstacles. Because you'll see some of them, they'll rely on their speed. And what they'll right. do is, and I've seen it, they will go up to an obstacle and basically touch it and be like, I, I touched it, I failed, I'm going to go do my burpees. Because they know they can right. do the burpees, burpees and then catch up, you know, and get to I use mean, their speed. And I'm like, eh,
1: yeah. Right. Yeah, see, like, and, and Ryan Wood um, is a really good example of it. He is an amazing athlete, but he's so fast. So if he was to fail and it's not going to set him back too far to do 30 burpees because he is just so quick. He does that 30 burpees and then catches up immediately. Um, so it's, yeah. I think um, I think it just throws uh, kind of a wrench in the, in the system there and kind of sees like – makes everyone kind of see like, you know, what are they going to do if they have to stick there at that obstacle um, and I'm not taking anything away from him. He's an incredible athlete. He's more than capable of doing all that stuff. But, you know, everyone's got mistakes for the Seattle race this last year. I think, you know, everybody was feeling hospitals. Like, I mean, how would that have played out if you couldn't do burpees You had to stay there until you passed it? I think, you know, maybe the results would have been a little bit different for sure. So it's it would be very interesting to see. I don't think they're ever going to do it. Um, but I like the idea. But, you know, that just means i got to work on something different than I'm good at, which is running. So, eventually, I will get there, and I will be on the podium, but something to shoot for. And that's just it. I mean, like we said earlier, you know, trying to be
0: better than when you were yesterday. But, right. yeah, I, I do agree that I think it would be really interesting to see some of these athletes if they had to actually finish finish the, the obstacles, because I don't think some of them would be able to – I think it would change their, their training. Because I think some of them will train for the fact they're like, I'm going to train for my speed because I know if I fail an obstacle, I can just do burpees and move on. And if you made them say, okay, nope, you've got to flip that tire. You know, you've got to be able to do, you know, the rig that it, it, it takes a little out of you too. Because if you do the rig and you fail halfway through, and now all of a sudden you've got to go back and try start again, I think that would take a lot of people out.
1: Yeah, that's how the obstacles were in, in Worlds. And um, one of the girls I was with named Shannon, she was, I think, at the at the time that she was at the last obstacle, she was one of only five girls who still had their band that was at, in the pro heat, I think, from what yeah. I understood. And she uh, was on the last obstacle, and she had to do it. Um, she had to do it, I think, four or five times. Uh, at that point, you're just so drained. It just throws a whole different... Uh, it's it's a whole different ball game being so taxed at that point. I mean, speed almost doesn't even, isn't really, it doesn't seem like much of a factor at that point because your body is just so wasted. So it'd be interesting, like I said, to see um, how that played out. Yeah, cause I've heard worlds like that.
0: Um, I know terrain rates right? is pretty much when, when you run that, you have to, it's mandatory completion. Right. So. Isn't it? It's terrain race is mandatory completion for the the pro the races, right?
1: Yep, terrain races. And honestly, I don't. Spartan's kind of built, um, you know, this huge um, following around burpees, and, and that's just kind of like, you know, burpees is, is just kind of like their staple. I don't think they'll ever get rid of it. You know, maybe they'll go towards like, you know, penalty laps or something like that. But um, I don't think burpees are going away. But I think. It's really cool to have different obstacle races at, at different standards, and that way you get a different experience every time. But Spartans, yeah, they are
0: a monster. They are, and I mean they have some good races, and I mean they have some good things. I know I've been seeing some things on uh, the Facebook and stuff where they're they're bringing new obstacles out. Um, that should be interesting. I kind of want to see those and see what that does. Um, That'll be awesome. Yeah. There's supposed to be some new ones. One of them um, was, like, rotating monkey bars. That looks scary. Um, But they've also talked about taking Spartan and doing kind of making it really kind of the sprint, the super and the beast, making them on a step-ups. Where now, before, it's always been just distance, a step-up and distance. And they're talking about now making it so really, like, it's a step-up and difficulty. Oh, nice. So. A lot of them, you, there's certain things, like, you'll see on a sprint. You'll see, like, monkey bars and some of that stuff, but you're not going to see Bender. You're not going to see probably the rig and stuff like that on a sprint as much because a sprint's going to be more kind of like an entry-level race. Okay. From what And this is just kind of what I've been hearing. Um, yeah. A super will be, like, a step up, and then a beast will be where you'll see, like, the – you know, the rigs that are, you know, four sections long and, you know, all that kind of stuff, the the more, it's not just a step up in distance, it's going to be a step up in the obstacles too, where you're going to have a lot harder, a lot more difficult obstacles. So, which I think is great, you know, because I think part of the problem we're running into is Spartan is, it can be very intimidating. You know, it's one of those ones, like my wife, she'll Mm -hmm. do Survivor's. She'll do warrior, you know, those, but she, anytime I try and get her to do a Spartan, she looks at me and says, Nope, you're out of your mind.
1: Huh. And that's what so, they're cool too, is they're trying to make the, the sprints more from like couch to, to racing kind of thing. Like they want neat. everybody to really be able to enjoy the sprint. It's crazy how different some of the races are. So, like I was saying at Worlds, um, in London, they had 100 obstacles, and so it was a 9.3 mile course. I think in Spartan you're looking at maybe. I mean, what is that? What like thirty-five, forty obstacles, um, in, in that, a in a super, and so and a super uh, is like
0: it's, twenty-five, I think. Twenty-five. Yeah, I think it's twenty-five. They say twenty-five in a super. So twenty-five yeah, I mean, to thirty.
1: It's not much. There's a lot of running there, and going to yeah. to London, it was so different, and it wasn't just like you know, with like monkey bars, the obstacles there were ridiculous <laughs> so it, it's it's uh it'd be interesting for them to throw some of some of those in there and get some different obstacles um that have a lot to do with grip strength in there i think they could draw a lot more people i think so and I mean, that's
0: one of the things that like amazingly and i don't know why for like a big guy i'm good at those i'm good at the monkey bars um i'm good at those the, the grip hanging obstacle except for the uh the rig. I'm horrible at the rig, but the rest of them, like the monkey bars stuff like that, I'm good at. But and I, and I don't get it. I can hit the monkey bars almost every time. The only times I have trouble sometimes when they're wet. You okay. know, of course, like everybody else, they get slippery. But other than that, usually oh, yeah. no problem. But the monkey or the twister, I don't know if it's because it's like smaller bars or it's the way that the 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 angle because they're to the side. I just I can't do it. Every time I go to do them, I end up. Like, I get two or three down, and I drop, and I, my hand slips off. But the monkey bars, almost every race
1: I can get right across them with no problem. And which one's the one you have trouble
0: with? Uh, Twister.
1: God, I remember when they brought it out. That thing was intense. Good Lord. Yeah. It still is. That thing is hard as hell.
0: Yeah, and that's the one. I, I can't do that one to save my life. But it's like um, terrain race in Olympia. I went right across those. No problem. You know, and those were smaller. The only multi-bars? thing I
1: almost the what? Those like those A-frame monkey bars.
0: Yeah, the, it almost so that got was... me because my arms are short. at The very top, trying to get under the beam and reaching over to the other one. I almost lost it there because I almost didn't. My arms weren't long enough almost to reach under the beam and grab the other side. But then, and then. I'd watched the guy, I think it was the guy right behind you, because I watched you finish fall because one of the, the bars spins. Yeah, so I knew that it was happened. coming. So I was able to, yeah, I was able to be ready for it.
1: That's happened a couple of times. And, I, you know, I I know, I, I guess I don't know. I think that they don't do that on purpose. It's just a, a loose bar. But honestly, I I think that is pretty awesome to throw something like that in there just because, man, you're focusing so much and trying to push yourself you're not really thinking about, um, you know, the technical aspect of it. And yeah. having the bar rotate at the last second, your grip strength has got to be on point. And so, I mean, there's been a couple times, even at smart races too, I believe, where the bar has rotated a little bit and caught me extremely off guard. And I think it's very interesting. I, actually, I mean, I like it. And I will tell you with the train races, I don't know if it
0: was an accident to begin with, but I know it's done on purpose now. Because I've talked to JP about it, and JP's like, oh yeah, I think that's one of the best parts about him. Because it's like you said, it's like all of a sudden, you'll get some guy, and I remember watching it, it was a guy I think who got third, that was right behind you. He's swinging it through and like going, and he's just going like gangbusters. He's gonna do this amazing. And it's like the second to last one, he reaches out and grabs it and straight down in the water. And you're like, that one just spun on him. And it just, it sounds horrible to say this, But the the confidence on his face to watch it get wiped away all of a sudden when that thing spins, and you're like, ooh, he wasn't expecting that.
1: (laughs) I think that was Benny Gifford. Yeah. I think he was the one that came in third place there on that day.
0: But, yeah, then he ran, you know, and, of course, terrain race because you have to, like, you have to finish. So he runs out, and then the next time you could see him, he took it a lot. He was still moving fast, but he wasn't going as I don't want to say recklessly, but just you know he was cognizant at that point of there's one or two of these that spin, so I need to watch it, you know, and that's kind of what's cool about that.
1: Yeah, a little bit more cautious and uh, focused. What about you? Are you running? Uh, are you running any um, any races around here this year? Are you traveling anywhere besides Hawaii? Um, my plan is because normally with like the Spartan races, I start
0: off in vegas and do the vegas race in march and then for spartan i'll do vegas seattle montana then i'll take a break and then do hawaii and seattle and usually try and go for a a uh three times trifecta
1: nice
0: but i also plan on doing the terrain race in monroe seattle probably depending on the timing go to vancouver again and do the terrain race up there we usually do Warrior, so I try and get a bunch in. I get Warrior in, but most of them like around here. Um, and then also awesome. me and my buddy, because I did two years ago, right before my, like literally six days before my 40th birthday, I did a full marathon um, with my oh, wow. with one of my buddies. Right. And he ended up at like mile 22, he just couldn't go any farther. And he's like, I'm done. And I'm like, okay. And at that point, I was so tired. I'm not arguing. I'm like, cool, I'm finishing this by myself, whatever. But it took nine and a half hours because I'm not in the greatest shape.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, nine and a half hours of pushing your body, that's extremely impressive.
0: Yeah. So this year we've decided that he he has decided he's finishing his marathon, and I've told him I'll do it with him. So in June, I think it's June 9th or 10th, somewhere around there, we're going to do one. But it's actually 26 miles downhill. Damn! <laughs> so your knees it, are gonna it, feel so wonderful just a couple of days after that. Yeah, so it's it's one of those we have to we have to finish in seven and a half hours, but at this point we're both talking. You know, we're planning on getting training, training and getting in better shape to make sure that we can do this. Because that was my biggest mistake on the last one. I did not train right. I wasn't ready for it. I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway. And this one we're gonna train and we're gonna kick his ass. So it, it's gonna be a fun time. So,
1: you know, what's like a a huge misconception, I think, is that, you know, people are nervous about going to these races because they're like, oh, it'll take me forever. And I've known people and I know people who have done the Spartan race uh, in Tahoe, the the World Championships, and it's taken them 11, 12 hours, and they get super discouraged. But you can just think right now, if you were to ask, you know, any of those pro members, if you were to ask, you know, somebody – anybody doing the lead did run that race for 12 hours. It, I mean, excuse my language, but fuck that. Like that is ridiculous. And so for, for, you know, these yeah. people to be pushing their bodies for 12 hours are not so impressive. So if then like, Oh yeah, but it's going to be 12 hours. Who gives a shit? You just kicked your body's ass for 12 hours. Who can they can do that? That is a whole yeah. other thing itself. And so, you know, if I was to tell anybody, or give anybody – maybe look at a train race. Who cares about how long it takes? You go out there and have fun and push yourself, and if it takes 12 hours, that is something that you should be proud of all in itself because I can tell you right now there is not very many people who can go out there and get their ass kicked for 12 hours and then still cross the finish line. that is extremely, extremely impressive, and it's humbling, honestly. It is, and
0: I will tell you because I've actually – my worst, or not worst, I guess, my the longest time on course was Montana in 16, 13 and a half hours. That's and really that was so- two, yeah, that was two teammates that's that were great. hurt and another one that was mentally broken and pushing, all four of us pushing each other to make sure that we all finished. And Steve Hammond, he actually caught up to us and we all told him, we're like, you can do whatever you want, but we're finishing this race. And he's like, I love your attitude. Everyone behind you quit, let's go. And the four of us with Steve Hammond for the last three miles, I think. And it was it was brutal, it was our bodies hated us, but we finished it. And then a couple of us actually got up the next morning and did the sprint for active recovery. But that was, I got about a mile into that sprint and I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> I'm done. I don't want to do this. But I, I finished
1: it anyway, but it was, I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect example of like what I'm talking about. Like, you know, everyone, you know, just as humans, is, we're so much stronger than we even, we even know we are. And some people can tap into that and some people don't. And I don't even, um, you know, tap into that. And I'm sure a lot of people, you know, that that win races, I'm sure, you know, they win races, they're fast, yeah, but maybe they're, they can be so much faster. And so, you know, you know, you. It took you 13 hours to do that. At some point during that race, your body, uh, whether you mentally recognize it or not, said, "Nope, I'm done." And, but you were able to keep going, and um, and I'm sure at some point you did recognize that, like, "No, I'm going to keep going." But like, how is that possible that somebody can somebody's body can shut down so hard, but you're still able to push past your boundaries so far? You know, you just got to know that you just got to believe in yourself and and know that you can push. You know, push a little bit harder and run a little bit faster, and it might take you a little bit longer. But man, just don't give up and and you know keep going. I, I know it sounds really cliche, but I love hearing stories like that. That's right? true. Um, one of my good friends, she was telling me that she took 12 hours in Tahoe. I'm like, God, that's so that's so freaking awesome. That it took you that long and that you were able to keep going and not quit. Like who cares if you sat down and rested for an hour? Like it's so amazing that you were able to tap into something that not a lot of people tap into and just going, going, going. I think that's really cool.
0: That is. And it's a tough thing to do. I mean, it is. And I've talked to a lot of other people that have been like, they've had those times down the course where they're out there forever and it's, Mentally, it can kill you. I mean, it takes a lot out of you mentally, and it's like the the what I said earlier it's the it comes down to mind over matter. If you don't mind, it doesn't matter, and right. that kind of it sounds cliche, but that that's what it comes down to. You pretty much got to tell your your body, it's like, cool. I know you want to quit, but sorry, we got something. We got we got something to accomplish here, so let's keep going. And it yeah, – oh yeah, too. exactly. That's all. So one last thing I wanted to talk to you about. And I know you're yeah. probably going to get, not want to talk about this last one, but um, I saw a little thing on Facebook about uh, possibly you and another buddy getting stuck on a mountain.
1: Is that what I heard? Oh, man. yeah, was, on a mountain? Oh, that, um, that was not good. <laughs> no, it didn't sound like it. Um, so, so, yeah, me and my buddy Taylor, um, we decided to go hike up this trail called Cooper's trail in the state. It, I mean, it's not too far below, um, or at least what it looked like. It's not too far below uh, the summit of Hood, and we were under the assumption that there wouldn't be too much snow, <laughs> and so, <laughs> we, God, we were sadly mistaken. Um, we started off. I had four goo packs, and then by the time we got to the, the very top, we split a peanut butter and honey sandwich, and that's all we had, and so. Um, on the way up we ended up going a little bit west of the trail because we were trying to find good footing because there was so much snow in it and at some point the snow was up to about our knees. Um maybe a maybe a little bit above. And uh we got to the top, rested for a little bit, had that peanut butter sandwich, and then on our way back down, uh found ourselves going even more to the west because we could not find good footing because all we were wearing was our OCR shoes, which were soaked at that point. Yeah. Um, and so by the time we got you know some a, a good way down, we realized we had no idea where we were at where we were at we weren't seeing this this hut that we had found um, on the way up, so we started going to the east and we ended up going a mile to the east that 's how far we went off track um found the hut and then we had missed the trail at that point and started going more east and then there was another fork in the road or in the trail uh, we had missed that again, and so we went even more east, and so we were we, yeah, God. We ended up being about a mile and a half from our car, but we were literally going through—I mean, straight up woods, like climbing over trees, fallen trees, like pushing branches out of the way. Like there, there was no trails. Um, we and we stumbled over a logging road, and uh, at that point, my feet were so cold that um, I could barely feel, feel them. And and Taylor, uh, he was wearing shorts, and, and know, we the- were. Yeah, I think we are worse off than than we wanted to admit. And then Taylor uh, actually said that he's like, I think the situation's getting is going from worse to bad. And and I think at that point it, I started cracking a little bit. Um, I think he noticed it, and uh, I mean I don't know what I would have done if he didn't hold his shit together because um, I, I was I was on the verge of of being like this is I mean this I don't I was on the verge of freaking out. <laughs> Um, my phone died. His phone kept dying while we were trying to call his wife. And finally, his wife was like, over, you know, I'm over two hours away. You need to call 911. And the phone kept dropping. And we finally got 911 to initiate search and rescue. And so they were on their way out. But at that, my feet were so cold, I could barely feel them. And I was falling on the ice. And um, Taylor was talking about, a bunch of heat waves that he kept feeling as he was walking down. And I think we were both just so exhausted from not eating anything and the cold and um, you know talking to different people. They were saying we just we we just were not in a very good situation at all. And Taylor had asked multiple times if I wanted to stop so I could take my shoes off and put them in his in his armpits and we needed to settle in for the night. And uh, by the time search and rescue got to us, they had said that I had early onset of. Uh, frostbite both my feet we both I'm sure we had hypothermia and um it was eye-opening <laughs> I've, I've been going through some uh I don't know I man I, I've been in a weird place the last this last week just trying to figure out like you know what the hell what what, what we did wrong and what would have happened and what could have happened and uh, I'm really trying to make sure that um I know it sounds stupid, and I'm, there's so many people I've been in such a poor situation, but just trying to make sure I tell my kids I love them more and, um, you know, just trying to do these, these little things to make sure I'm following through with what I'm going to say I'm going to do and trying to pursue my dream at, um, you know, getting on a point of and following, it, you know, what I want to do as far as um, having a career and being a good father and being a good role model. And so um, it it was eye-opening. It was not a good situation at all. It didn't sound
0: like one, but what's amazing and what I I always love about seeing like your Facebook posts and like talking to you is you still pull the positive out of this. It was a horrible experience. It was, you know, everything else, but, you know, you you pull the positive out of it. I need to tell my kids that, you know, (laughs) that I love them more. I need to do this. Where... There's nothing I've seen in your posts or in ever talking to you where you pull the negative. You always look at the positive side, which is amazing. So I have to give you that one. That's that's awesome.
1: I mean, you know, I tried to. I I've, I've been in you know I've been in a dark place. So I you know before and so I you know I've definitely thought negative things and it's been hard to get me out of the funk before. But you know eventually I'll pull myself out of it. And I think it's very important. I mean, look, what what are you gonna you know during a negative situation? or something bad has happened, then what are you going to do? You, you know, you can't change anything at that at that moment. And, you know, if something happens, if, you know, a breakup happens or if you lose a race or, you know, your car gets total, I mean, it's whatever it is, like if you think about at that moment, like what can you do right now? Like freaking out or being upset is not going to help, but you just got to try to think about positives. And I'm a firm believer in everything happens for a reason. And so um, I take a lot of comfort at that, and it's, it's helped me a lot.
0: That's awesome. So and I, yeah. I I apologize if I shouldn't have brought up the the horrible experience, but I just saw that oh, and man. it was just like oh. Um, so you have you learned a lesson from that on the, your next hikes the with with Taylor?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I need to not go up in some uh, some shorts and bring some actual food and warm clothes next time. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. Yeah,
0: hyperthermia is not something to – and frostbite not something to mess with. It's not it's not a good thing. I, I teach first aid and OSHA classes, and that's one of the big things is the cold weather right now. I've been teaching a bunch of classes on that, and, yeah, those are not good things to deal with. So and I think that
1: we both don't understand – I mean, Taylor probably does more than either. He's, he's got a pretty level head, um, but I, I don't think that either of us really recognize how – dangerous that situation was and where we were where we were headed if we had to stay there um, and so I think uh, you know we just need to we just uh, you know thank ourselves for, for I mean again it sounds cliche but for the training that we have and being able to stay cool and um, honestly Taylor did a much better job than I did but um, you know the, the crazy thing is is that once we got in the car he looked at me and he's like, thank you, man. I feel like you, you saved me. I was like, what? I was like, no, I don't, I don't, you know, you saved me. And he said, no, because I was 15 minutes late. He was thinking about going by himself. And then I looked at him, I was like, oh, shit, I was thinking about going by myself because I was 15 minutes late. I thought you were going to leave. So um, the situation could have just been so much worse.
0: Yeah. And that's something to look at. I mean, it could have been so much worse, but it wasn't. I mean, both do you learn something good out of it and you know, you're both still here, which is awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it's... That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in, like, you know, like you said, things happen for a reason, and it's all about timing. It's all about timing. It's like you said, you know, you were 15 minutes late, so he almost went by himself, but then you showed up, and it's, it really is. It's all about timing. I mean, if things have been just a little bit different, I mean one of you might have been up there alone which would have been made it you know oh that would have been horrible. But yeah. That, yeah, that would oh my god. Exactly. So yeah, it's all about timing and I mean that's one thing I can say on those hikes. You should never be alone. You should always be with a buddy. But yeah, you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, so you're both here, <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I've talked to Taylor, I've had him on the on the podcast before and he's a good guy. So um, well, we're, we're coming up on the the hour mark, so we should probably kind of wrap this up a little bit. But do you have okay. anything you'd want to say to the listeners in closing? Just like a some last minute remarks or you know advice that you'd want to give to the listeners?
1: I mean, sort of just what I you know what I was saying before. Yeah, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in, in everyone's lives, and you know it, it may be scared to step forward from whatever situation you're facing, but if you just kind of close your eyes and take a deep breath and take a step forward, I promise you that we're all strong enough to be able to withstand anything that's coming our way. And so, you know, um, the beasts are, are, such a great support group. You have so many people in there and, you know, that's one, one thing that you can use to help yourself, but also to just look within. I mean, we are all humans. And look what we've done and look where we've come from and look what we're going to do. We're so powerful. And so, you know, whether you're racing or you're just going through your, day-to-day life just know you know know that and know that you have a good support system and believe in yourself and uh, know that you know we're capable of doing so many amazing things and so I look forward to seeing what everyone can do and uh, I hope uh, everyone has a very successful race year and I look forward to uh, seeing every one of you guys at at the races. Perfect thank you
0: Ryan it's been a blast talking to you Um, I look forward to seeing you on the podium this year and Yeah. yeah I I will see you at the next race, and it's going to be a lot
1: of fun. Nice. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and uh, hopefully I will see you guys soon uh, at a race. All right. Thank you, Ryan. All right. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast
0: OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at beastocr.com.